Hey there, welcome to episode number 335 of the Apple Luck Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. No advertisements today, only that if you are interested in supporting my work on a monthly basis, please go to Patreon, patreon.com slash Applug, and pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees. You can cancel any time. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show, and give it five stars, please. Like and share on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Pod. Follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666, and that's also Instagram. And also go to Spotify. You can listen now on Spotify, and it is a a fun trip over there on Spotify land. And new new thing for me. Let's get to the show. Friendly Rich. Friendly Rich is a just this songwriter. He he's um, very eclectic. He's been writing music uh, his whole life. Uh, We spoke basically. The first thing we spoke about was this interesting looking instrument behind him while we were talking so i really came into this episode with just for the sheer sake of just meeting somebody and having a good conversation and that is exactly what happened uh you can check out a friendly rich's new release it's called man out of time and it's on we are busy bodies the first single on it is called le piponiere and it is you know, it was just an interesting... I I like speaking to people that are smarter than me. Rich is smarter than me, and it was very fun to talk to him. Ladies and gentlemen, Friendly Rich on the Apple Lot Podcast. Ready and set. How's my audio? I'm just going through my phone here. Sounds fine. I mean, it's okay. it sounds like a, a phone. I mean, honestly, it's it's about the the conversation, not about the, the audio. There you go. Right. There you go. I agree. What do you got in the background there? I see something. This is uh this is my mechanical pipe organ. Wow. Glad you asked. Yeah. How did you come across something like that? I make really weird friends, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that'd be i mean tell the story because it's it sounds like i don't know a lot of people that's got one in their music room yeah or- you know i um for years like used to and just been into weird things and uh my neighbor kind of tipped me off on this years ago in brampton that there's a guy that builds these mechanical organs street organs and his name is hank and i i got his number through a friend of a friend of a friend and just called him cold called him and he's like yeah i'm working on it right now come on over and simon to see a guy to see an organ and accordions moving without human intervention it was kind of like chuck e cheese meets <laughs> you know the 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 mad carnival of music in my brain you know so i fell in love with mechanical music and there's these organ rallies in in all over the us where they all these like rich i'm pretty sure like engineers or bomb makers like people of different like really brilliant minds who acquire these things kind of all get together and blare them at the same time and they're loud like this thing's loud if i fire it up it's like my house is cracking because uh you know when i'm writing for it it's, i gotta wear earplugs but it's uh it's fun stuff and so he gave he literally gifted me this one of his organs because he's built like it's homemade he's built like i don't know six or seven of them in his life it's crazy yeah and how can you play it or does it play from like a you could play it like it's midi driven so you can Uh... you can hook it up to a controller and play it uh yeah man i did a show about a year ago at the guelph jazz festival and i'm doing more with it like i i it's definitely part of my wheelhouse this thing and it's it's fun like it's like it dates back to like conlon nancaro and like player piano music and there's a there's like a 
deep history in this in this world of mechanical musical instruments. So I, I love it. It's called an orchestrion for anyone who's interested. That's cool. Did you, <laughs> are you a Toronto guy? Uh, Brampton, Brampton, but I, I mean, I work in Toronto, so I feel like I, I feel like I get along nicely with Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever go to the organ grinder? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That was a place. Exactly. That was a what, place like, to go. Yeah, like where you know, I'm glad you're mentioning that because like the, the guy Hank that built them, uh, like I've interviewed him and just really been fascinated by it, and he talked about being inspired by the organ grinder and like places like that, you know, really what a special place. eh? like, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I go down at least once a year between the ages of like seven from the earliest memories to, I don't know when it, when the last time I went, but just being fascinated by, Hey, there's a drum kit and the guy is playing it on his keyboard. And this is sort of early days of MIDI early days of like controlling yeah. things and yeah. you had a whole thing going on in a whole band and whether it was a drum machine playing, it was a real drum yeah. kit playing behind you. It was like amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You realize it now you're like, man, Swiss chalet, you guys are doing it all wrong. <laughs> you need a mechanical organ to not just Maybe skis on the wall. You need to I'll like, pitch you know. them. I'll pitch them. <laughs> Well, then there'd be a lot of a lot of mechanical organs out there, and then be maybe a yep. whole industry of having to repair them. Now we're talking. Well, yeah, there's one guy. I, I I kid you not. There's one guy named Ron Schmuck in. Uh, it's a cool. I, name. Shouldn't have, I shouldn't have given his last name, but cool name. Yeah. Ron Schmuck. He lives in. Oh, I'm not going to say where he lives. I'll, okay. I'll I'll do that. I'll do that. But he's the guy. He like restores these things, and of course, there's there's my 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 longtime friend Hank. Uh, who's just a been a well of uh of inspiration for me creatively over the years like he changed my life there's those humans that just change your life you know and he's definitely one of them i love him dearly you know yeah well here's like a real question now that we're starting the thing Uh, (laughs) the so has i would assume that how you've plotting out a musical arrangement you put it into a different realm of like, hey, I'm just inspired. I'm going to open up the laptop and I'll put some songs in it. There might be, is there like a structure of how you want your songs to, uh, the final outcome of it based on a, 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 from where you're starting to where you're ending? Or is it just grow as like a, a um, an organic type of music arrangement? Well, definitely this last record that's coming out, this man out of time business is like, I'd, I'd say the, the, the former it's like, it's, it was an evolution. I started experimenting with like arranging Felix Leclerc tunes and it dates back. Actually, what's funny about it. This wasn't on my bingo card this morning, but like to talk about those old mechanical music rallies that I used to go to, I used to go to them with, um, like an old zoom unit and record like get a lot of field recordings and samples and just i started messing with with that material that dates back like at least 15 years for me and 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 kind of working it and um lo and behold i, I think you kind of know when it, it becomes something i started shaping it and messing with it and it was definitely like during the pandemic which is kind of where i wanted to go anyways artistically like i i the last record I did ha- featured like 75 musicians in like four recording studios, Montreal, Toronto, you name it. Like I was just all over the place and celebrating the fact that you could be outdoors with people. <laughs> and and this was pre-pandemic. And then I, I, I wanted to kind of go down. I was writing music for this thing, for this mechanical organ as well. So I just went very insular anyways. And it happened to like coincide with the pandemic. It wasn't planned that way, obviously. I just was in a probably what was a very convenient artistic space because nothing else was possible to be done anyway. So sharing files and doing all of that, um, it, it, it presented itself, I'd say with this record, I didn't, I, ne- I, I shouldn't say I never set out to do a thing. Cause sometimes I'll be like, I want to redo Sinatra's only in it for the only, only in it for the money, only for the lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I did that. I re- we redid that record. Not that it needed redoing, but I interpreted that record. Um, and that's a, that's a very different laneway than what I just embarked on, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I kind of am, I, you know, art history and art and music and, and creating um, creations for the sake of art is something that I really sort of somehow I've really can associate myself with because it's about the process and art and how you create it and how you present it. And I'm, and it feels like maybe I'm projecting, but it doesn't really matter who listens to it. It's because you're getting something out. Is that, would that be a fair assumption of what your, your intentions are with this? Well, I mean, my entire like career in music has not really been based on, um, I, I, I think of an audience. I think it would be naive for me to say that I'm doing it only for myself, but it's definitely a form of self-expression first and having fun and connecting with people. And then furthering that notion of connecting with people is when you put it out into the world. And if it connects with four people in a meaningful way, I'm happy, you know, like I really am. Like I, I, and the more the merrier like i love expanding that 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 idea of audience and and i have like there are people who really love my music and love a certain aspect of it in other words when i get really heavy or like into the more like you know the kind of uh we just put out a metal record um called head of jador and those people might really enjoy aspects of this record but then if we pivot and go straight into the felix leclerc stuff they may not they may or may not be along for the ride like i do change gears a lot on this recording mm. so I, I i don't expect it to be everybody's cup of tea and and i'm cool with that you know <laughs> yeah well like you know i i really i've been working on this thing with working with a band about dealing with like how it takes what, what type of musical ethics and where where the line yeah. is between um art and commerce and that's always been an yeah. interesting conversation that i have with people about what it is to be a musician in this in this in this today's society pandemic yeah. aside i mean it takes a lot of uh chutzpah to you know keep yeah. at it you know in a certain type of blinder and a certain type of uh um just your morals and your compass and how you keep everything straight and you know i i can't express the type of uh the gratitude I have for that type of that type of artistry. Yeah, that's really uh, that's well put. And you know, I, maybe even a, a little bit of a, like a side order of um, of just mental illness or obsession, <laughs> right? I mean, I'd I'd say that's in the mix there too. On on like, yeah, it's chutzpah, but it's also like you have to do it. Like I th I think that whole adage about like are artists needing to do this stuff it's not like we're not playing games here like we're like we're surviving yeah. right and and then you see people along the way like eric warner and the folks at this this label um we were busy we are busy bodies putting out like i've got it right here you know like look at this thing look at this thing <laughs> putting it out on vinyl right the fuck i know really Sorry, pardon my French. No, I swear away. To, it's all good. I'm, I'm trying to swear less, but, um, <laughs> you know, like, like amazing, amazing, right? Like, and to have that kind of support is, is encouraging. And it, and it doesn't come accidentally. Like, I, I've known Eric for, he reminds me of this, like, over, over, probably over, over at least 20 years. And, and so he knows what I do. He knows I'm not, you know, a, a fly by night kind of artist. He, he's, he's investing in it and supporting it. And I think that means the world to me because it's a really strange record. I, I acknowledge that too. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of cool. That's uplifting to me. It's, it's exciting that there are people out there and I'd say that would be a lesson for anyone to say that if I can get this weird record put on vinyl and released, then there's hope for the weirdos, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, uh, I th can't remember who I was talking to in a previous but because Eric, Eric and I go back twenty years too, based on other. Oh man! Uh, yeah, so I I know him, but I we just reintroduced ourselves over the past year or so. Um, but Eric is like that guy in the record store. You're like, hey, what's cool? And Eric's uh -huh. the guy that goes, this is cool, and you should listen to yeah. this. And that's sort of a yeah. dying kind of maybe records and vinyl and things, record stores, and having that sort of particular kind of cantankerous record store manager yep. 
that's the yeah. person that kind of used to shape the industry, not the industry, but the, the culture of, of, yes. of, of music. Yes. And I feel that Eric is, without the cantankerous part, is that part that's sort of like feeding people stuff and they're along for the ride based on the fact that he has good taste, you know, maybe. I, I, it's that type of vibe I get from, from that, that record label and that management team. Well, and the idea, you know, that, that in 2023, when we're doing this interview, like, you're right, the music industry is kind of topsy-turvy at best. And so we need people taking risks. And the way that Eric runs his label is, like, avant-garde onto itself. Like, there, there are, we have to be exploring different models of, uh, of how to do the thing, to your point about commerce and and making ends meet with um especially putting out like non-commercial kind of recordings is is a kind of an art unto itself isn't it yeah it's finding yeah. the people who can think like you and associate themselves with not just the music but the ethics and the morals and the all the things we talked about before about you know uh, you know you really there's a very I have a very kind of a strong bullshit detector <laughs> and I'm, as we do as we get older, but we're trying to not sound yeah. jaded in life. But when someone, yeah. you hear something and you're like, I can really, really like associate myself with that because I truly believe in that. Like I was just uh, yeah. listening to a song today, had no, no lyrics, but I was like, I was melting because it was like the song I was listening to. It just felt so real. And, yeah. and so there's types, yeah. that type of, that energy I feel is something that we can foster as a society to say, well, listen, I, I really like to feel with music and this is what I like to feel. And when people feel the same way, I mean, that's how you get sort of a, a hit record or, or whatever that mm. type of idea. And, and the idea of just being genuine in your work is like, uh, yeah, I know, I know when I see it and I, and I'm not believing it, I'll just say that. Right. <laughs> but, and, and obviously the, that's a cynical way of looking at it. There there are those out there who are are doing the thing on their terms and that's always exciting to see you know yeah now do you no as, matter what yeah no matter what level they're at right yeah. in it like yeah, yeah. so yeah. even like i've always done this because i worked with lots of bands i've worked i've sort of yeah. done this well i i always find out if i like them as people i like the music more and i don't know if that's something that's a fault or if that's just the way it is or if that's human yeah. nature but I, I've I've worked with like modern country bands and I like them as people. I find myself tapping my toe because it's like, you know, and I've always sort of said this in life. It's like you should kind of find the good things in, in music. Mm -hmm. Try, mm -hmm. try your best. And sometimes mm -hmm. it doesn't work. You know, there's some groups out there I've named a hundred times in this thing. It's like, I can't, I can't, I just can't. But but I mean, just try to find like the positivity in it because that's what it's supposed to be about. Unless you're yeah. obviously writing about something that's hate-filled or yeah. whatever yeah 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 i i like that and i think i think getting to know the you know okay okay getting to know the artists as people isn't such a bad thing when the artists hopefully aren't assholes <laughs> like this whole thing about uh uh you know Let's forgive. Uh, who am I thinking of? Name an asshole uh, who who happens to be a great artist. Matt Good. I don't know. Let's throw Matt Good. In. <laughs> Let's throw him under the bus. Pretty good artist. You know, I, Fucking asshole. I, I think like there there are enough. Um, there like how about we usher in a different uh, era of like no, you don't have to forgive. Um, you know. Uh, I, I'm not going to name names, but you you get the point, yeah. right? I think there are people out there who, it, it yeah, I, I hear your point about you kind of like their music a little better after you hear what they have to say, or you're getting to know them a little deeper in terms of, you know, I, I think I like that. I, I kind of want to believe in a world that that says that you could have both. You know, you could have great art and great people, and like it it wasn't that hard. To, to just stay to do the thing and not be uh uh you know a destructive human i'll just leave it at that right now and, and a perfect example of that and you know, we kind of i think we're about similar of age maybe i'm a, i yeah. think i'm older than you but the idea of there was a band in the 90s called the conaline crush and then into the 2000s became this sort of massive that. band yeah. i met them as people and i'm like <laughs> oh my god 
I, I could, you know what I mean? I never, I was not into them because I met them as a band. And oh. So anyways, cut to 2023, like a week ago, a friend of mine sends me a trailer to a documentary done on the singer from Econoline Crush. It's called okay. Flatlander. It's not out yet, but it's basically the singer from Econoline Crush as a, a field medic to indigenous people what? in Manitoba. And I'm like, there all of a go. sudden, my whole thing is all- I love this. It's like, I love this. It's yeah. so completely fucked over because it's like, this guy is changing his life. He's changed his life. He's now helping people for the betterment of- the world, you know, for himself, yeah. and I'm like, you know yeah. what? I'm gonna start listening yeah. to a Conlang Crush. <laughs> oh wow, that's no, that, that. Thank you. I I couldn't have said it better. Is like, yeah, like like what? Like like we're all very. Everyone's multi-dimensional, yeah. and I love I love that story. Yeah, Simon, I think that's that is where it's at, right? Yeah. I I love it. For a second, I thought you were just gonna leave it as like, huh. yeah, and I wasn't a fan of the band, and they end up being real jerks yeah. you know it was like oh right we're naming names on this podcast this is great you know uh, while we're at it walk off the earth what's with it no, stop. Stop. Oh, well, um, can't they afford more than one guitar like come on really honestly i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure they're lovely people they are I, you know what i hear good things you know there's a guy named ben rispin who uh, used to be yeah. in saint elvia cartel he speaks yeah. very highly of them and they seem very nice. I mean, I met. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met yeah, them. Yeah. They're okay. Yeah. I, you know what? I saw one of their shows as I was working for a band that was playing before or like before them, and their yeah. stage show is phenomenal. It's unbelievable. Oh my god! Oh my god! They've they've got, they've got a thing going on. That's for sure. That's yeah. for sure. It, not not. I'm, and I will admit, not my obviously not my cup of tea. I would say, but yeah. Yeah. whatever, whatever. Yeah, they brought like. It's actually funny thing about them is they they made that song where they all played the one guitar. Yeah, yeah. Goitier, whatever name, and and that song. Yeah. When I I saw that whole phenomenon blow up, and I was looking at yeah. the numbers of how what Goitier's numbers were at, like five hundred thousand, and it had been out for yeah. over a year. And then Walk Off wow. the Earth put that thing out, and it went up to like ten million views in two weeks or something. <laughs> and basically, Goitier, I'm probably saying his name wrong. He won Album of the Year. He won the That's Oscar awesome. for something like Album or Artist of the Year. And I'm like, that's because Walk Off the Earth made that thing with the guitar and it That's feels wild. that way because his numbers were horrible yeah. and it had been yeah. out for a year. So I can only assume yeah. Yeah. that the, the, the spice from the uh, walk off the earth gang got them that yeah. got him that. That's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, and, and yeah, man. So uh, that, but I love the idea of, um, of, of enjoying someone's me or uh, a band's music more because of that story of a kind of line crush. <laughs> You know, you definitely have my interest peak there. Yeah. 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 It's not out yet, too, because a friend just sent me the trailer and I was watching okay. it and I was like wow. tingling, going like, oh my God, I take everything yeah. back. I take it all back. <laughs> all those thoughts I had, I take it back. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, it, you're also touching on like, and, I, and I'm dancing on the line too there with my mention of Walk Off the Earth, which is just, um, I think it's pretty easy to just be kind of cynical on any angle it choose your own adventure of, of how to be cynical in the industry that we're into right so yeah. these stories of that kind of rise above that i think are where we need to keep the focus especially right now where like it's pretty easy to just be down on everything and you know, I'm I'm really trying to make an a, 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 a as good an effort as I, I can on 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 just change changing my my norm, which I think would be to just be kind of cynic, <laughs> cynical, dark, you know. Yeah. So I do. Wish you luck. I notice um, ten years ago, like the dawn of YouTube, maybe fifteen years ago now, there seemed to be like this internet type of troll that just seemed to just yeah. ruin the whole aesthetic of what YouTube was about. I don't yeah. really see that anymore. I don't see like the the anonymous posting of a person going, you know, saying either really horrible things about the thing they're watching. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. I, maybe that's part of the positivity of this type of yeah. world, where it's like we're worried about hurting each other's feelings to the point yeah. now where maybe it's sort of ingrained into the younger folks so maybe there's hope for all, all yeah. of us yeah right yeah 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 i i i i picked up on that too that that i have friends that are like making such an effort of just posting or just lifting each other up on social media which is really exciting i don't and i don't think it's it's uh false i think if something's bothering 
bothering us, we all speak out against it. Uh, I see that a lot too. Like just yesterday night with um, James Reimer, is that his name? The, the, the goaltender that wouldn't wear the pride jersey, a great example of my internet bubble kind of lashing out against that nonsense, which is like lovely to see. So I, I mean, look, it's a, it's a complex thing that, right. And I wonder if um, what you're referring to has gone to a darker place in the web that I'm not even aware of, right? Like it's, it's probably, it's probably there. It's just gone like a, a level uh, lower than we're even aware of so that's kind of scary to think too right well yeah but if, yeah no. if you think about negative politics and people who are into like horrible types of like thought processes they seem to sort of tribe up right like they're like and and, yeah. and then and the thing about the loudest persons you know whatever the loudest voice is probably the smallest mm. voice but they're super loud so that's how mm. hatred mm. kind of spills out into the the ethos of what the world is but I, I think, yeah, I feel right. They've maybe they might be sort of compressing back in a little bit and waiting for something to happen where they can sort of pounce again and and sort of create more hate and more disorder and or um, it's, disarray. It, it's, out, it's out there. It's out there. Let's not be fooled. So I think I think uh, the the more the, yeah, the more positivity and love we can kind of spread is like yeah, basically like don't don't let our guard down. But like let's 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 try to, uh, harder to, 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 it's, it's got to prevail, right? You want yeah. to, you want to believe in a world where it does. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've made a conscious effort not to put the, when I do a Facebook posting about I or me, I always say, yeah. say the, or, you know, this, you know, trying to yeah. create this. this I see. It's not about me. It's about what I'm, I'm seeing, which is hopefully cool stuff, you know? And that's sort of yeah, where right. I, that's my contribution to, to Facebook and and you know I truly feel like there's a lot of people obviously going through a lot of stuff you know but yeah I, yeah I, I'm not saying they shouldn't be sharing this type of news on Facebook but I'm saying there's yeah. a method of how it's presented for instance a friend yeah. of ours family is suffering from cancer and they're dealing with this and it's a horrible thing to deal with yeah but they yeah. they are presenting themselves as people who are like we need your help and are you here to help you know what I mean? So, yeah. and that's sort of yeah. the, that's the community that I think is a positive mm. part of like what a Facebook. Mm. I'm not really an Instagram mm. guy. I just got pictures of my bike on Instagram. That's it. Okay. Because I ride my bike and yeah. I take a picture of it, and so that's that's sort of the only thing I do. But I mean, right on. Yeah. So, like you know, you as an artist navigating through social networks and things like that. Obviously, you control your own destiny with that. And there's a lot of people that yeah. do it. Do you find? you have to watch like kind of where you're going with it or like, or do you not even think about it and just keep, keep it like, you know, do you try Do you get political? This question really. I, I don't get poli as political as I do on stage for some reason. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but I, um, I'm trying to be genuine. I'm trying to be, it's a side of me. It's a side of me. I, I often draft a tweet read it to my wife and then delete it. Like there's a lot of that. Um, I wrote a song about a year ago. Um, I forget the name of it. It's kind of irrelevant, but it was about the convoy and it really made a statement uh, directly linked to the convoy. And I had, my wife said it and, and others that uh, I confide in, they, they kind of said that it, 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 the song was like an angry tweet and I, I decided not to release it because I felt that I knew I had friends on both sides of that discussion. So it's tricky, right? Like we're all branding ourselves. Let's not, let's not be foolish and think otherwise, whether it's a photo of your bike or your, your, um, your muesli, right? I have another friend that just posts granola because <laughs> he's sick of the vitriol out there, right? Like he's, yeah. My contribution is granola, be healthy, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. whatever we're putting out there, we're putting out there. And, and so, yeah, I tend to like not, um, reveal my, like my, my, uh, it, sometimes it comes out. Like if you're triggering me and when, when Italy voted for, um, basically like, a a family member of Mussolini's is in the party now. And it's like my family 
left Italy to like escape that BS. So when I see that kind of coming back, I, I, someone sent me a message saying vive l'Italie, basically like they were supportive of the direction that Italy was going in. And I went off, I went off, Yeah, you know, I went off on, on social media, just trying to stand against fascism so that we all have our limits of like when to stay quiet. And I made that calculated decision. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be quiet about this. I feel pretty passionately about it. So there are moments when I come out and do my thing. Um, but I think a lot about it. I do give it as much consideration as I, as I can, you know, it's so tricky. It's so tricky. <laughs> it is. And yeah, I mean about that trucker thing too. I was the same. I, you know, I I dropped the ball on that one because I was like, I thought well, this is ridiculous, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what are we doing here? Like, and, and sure. What got me? What bit back on me was that it, like Russia had just invaded Ukraine, right? And and they're about to mount a new like freedom trucker parade, and I'm like, yeah. well, if you really want to know what losing your rights are, look yeah. a little, look a little east, yeah, yeah. you know, and that exactly, got. Exactly. Oh my God, the pushback on that was insane. And you know, and so you felt it, eh? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah, took it down. Yeah. I was like, really? I don't need this yeah. type of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but it's yeah, like, and that, song, that song definitely would have. Um, it's a the sad thing is, it's a good tune, but like it, it, it <laughs> changed it the usually, words. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll, um, I, I, I actually decided with, with, with some folks to, to redo it. I've never done that, like where it's like an item in the news is like, quick we've got to get this tune out now because like it was in the moment yeah. and you know writing in the moment is fun and then taking a step back actually and and maybe even reworking the song a little bit to to give it a longer you know so it's not like you're basically doing a yeah. little the news doodle in the new york times yeah. it's, it's basically it's got a, a longer lasting uh may, maybe maybe a fact i don't know it, it's it's fun though and it, it kind of got it off my chest um but you know, strange times, and definitely, like I feel like since the pandemic, we've been living through. If we thought life was mundane, or there, we weren't in like some of the most challenging times. You know, you you look back on history and you go like, wow, like living through the Great Depression or living through world war ii or world i mean any of these like massive you know moments in history it feels like all of a sudden we're in our own little pickle aren't we and um so you know those with a microphone <laughs> like use it right basically is, is where we're at here so yeah. yeah unfortunately there's a lot of microphones and a lot of points of view you yeah know? and one there's yeah. one thing positive about the yeah. pandemic is that at least people are all thinking the same thing that you know how to get out of it and yeah. if you yeah. take away any type of like positivity of the whole thing it's like since when yeah. since i mean maybe 9 11 where people all sort of on the same team so to speak mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it only lasted yeah. about a week as far as i was concerned though because this is <laughs> it's to totally i i remarked on the moment too because i'm like hang on a second here is doug ford getting along with um <laughs> chrissy yeah. freeland are they all like holding hands yeah, and I was you know, saying, I was thinking like, well, you know, I'm not a big Doug Ford fan, but at least he's saying something. You know what I mean? So that I was finding myself saying stuff like that. I was like, wow. And they were get they were getting along. It was actually yeah. a moment where it's like, oh shit, wait a minute, all three levels of government can get along yeah. if you know. Yeah, and just people like as I'd have to drive into work in the first week, yeah. uh, people would be like, you go ahead. And like, oh, thank you. Hello. And you'd be in the supermarket. Yeah. Oh, hi. Hey, we're, you know, we got the thing on. We're doing the thing. Oh, yeah. me too. Hey, going the same yeah. way. And the, then yeah. one week later to the day, people are like, burp, burp. Like, get, like, get out of the way. You know, like, fuck it, off. And it became, a, yeah. it became a symbol of, you know, of division between us and yeah. still is. It's, ah. it's, it's far out. It's far out. You know, yeah. us humans just can't seem to get along. Eh? It's, uh, it, it's, it's a cliche cliche it totally is well i i have your song the petite bonaire is that how i pronounce oh, it i do well done well well pronounced thank you thank you well you know i i i, I kind of i don't speak french but i can read it so uh yeah. i um yeah. i think that was a good time to listen to it um 
you know, I I really there like because I haven't heard the whole album. I've just heard this one yeah. song. It's a Amazing. very Tom Waits feeling to the thing. I don't know if that's mm -hmm. a if a credit or a, or a comment or a, or a disparage. Yeah, but no. Yeah, no, definite definite influence. Yeah, on on my work for sure. Big inspiration. So, I really yeah, want to yeah. meet that guy one day. Just one day, just to say hi. You know. Yeah. You wrote yeah. Downtown Train for Rod and Rod Stewart made it into a huge song. How did that happen? Please tell me your magic. <laughs> that's what you that, that's what you do, eh? If, if if you met him, that that would be your, that you've got it already on tap. Got to figure it out. Yeah, I've chambered my question to Tom Waits. How did a guy like you? To, I think it's important to have a question or, or two on on tap just in case, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't know where it's going to go. You know what I mean? I think you put him. And, and Ashley McIsaac and all these other kind of like introspective weirdos into a room and yeah. see what kind of happens. It'd be like a hundred monkeys all writing on a typewriter. What, what kind of art they create. That sounds like a fun hang. <laughs> Let's listen to it. Let's listen to it. Here we go. Cool, cool. Yeah, I, I hear a very yeah because I only have my niche of Tom Waits, which is like swordfish trombones and that sort of like big and Japanish that era mm -hmm. of Tom Waits because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's so vast. Speak of like Tom Waits. Repertoire. Oh yeah, yeah. There's 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 a career that um, I kind of like careers where where the voice changes, like the actual yeah. delivery of the you know that's that's kind of fun. Like Bob Dylan, the Bob change. I, I am such a fan of crusty current Bob. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, that's. I guess so you got Dave Clark on there playing on a few songs too. Dave Clark is uh, such a, he's a champion. He, and in fact, he, he was one of the musicians that played on that convoy tune. Okay. He's such a champion of just, lifting up his friends and yeah. uh and I'm, I'm proud to say that i'm one of them you know i'm, yeah. I'm honored uh he yeah he, he, such a treat to, to know him as a human and a musician and a collaborator over the years yeah did yeah. you uh what was it wood choppers association that was thing you did thing i did a few of those because i worked at ted's record okay. for a brief period of time Oh, sick. and that downstairs little venue they would do i think yeah. uh thursday or friday or one of those nights and they yeah. would make up songs and stories. Yeah. And I watched yeah. this thing and I was just blown away about how that type of creativity and, uh, and, and doesn't it build community, community, community. It's oh. like in the foreground of, of how he does it. Yeah. No, what a, what a thing. Yeah. Oh, song's over. That's two minutes. Um, yeah, we were just talking about Dave Clark. So, uh, Dave Clark, uh, obviously, uh, a champion of the, of, of, of independent music and independent artists. And just, yeah, you were saying, 
what a what an interesting guy. I mean, his life in the Reostatics was like it feel yeah. like once he left the Reostatics, just the whole world went open for what his possibilities of creation. Yeah, he's he's a big inspiration. I mean, he's got his songbook of over two hundred and fifty songs and and counting. You know, he's he's and and just a a great connector of of people and musicians and, and and creative minds he's been uh a real champion of my work and so many others it's like it's one of those things right you i mean we're gonna we're gonna do a memorial for um like a celebration of life for mendelson joe who is an, another dear friend and he just passed away and i kind of feel like after someone goes unfortunately sometimes you you start seeing it's like oh he was that way for you too like he spent he he played the same role in so many artists lives and and i you know someone like dave clark is um i know just a, a you know like like is, is kind of threaded through so many of our lives it's it's in, incredible i mean that's isn't that the why we're here right is to kind of um share our perspectives and and help people through um tricky situations and just be there as as friends and creative voices like we did an amazing collaborative record he and i dave and i called um the leonard cohen suite where we kind of wrote on the theme of leonard cohen uh new original materials and we brought together my my group the lollipop people with his group uh the the woodshed orchestra and we did That's this weird kind of a punk rock amalgamation of but not punk rock well kind of punk rock yeah um in, in our approach to to that release so i love it man like i you'll never be bored on this planet with all the fun people that are around us at any given time right well you know you just hit it on the head i mean it's the community that's creates uh, that that bonds together is the one that you know the one that stick around the longest, you obviously have people on the periphery that come in and out and things like that, but it's that core of artistry and people within the Toronto scene. Um, mm -hmm. Dave's one of them. There's a lot of people there who are, we can't even mention because there's too many of them, but it's how everybody kind of joins together. And one thing I noticed sort of at periods of time, it was a little fractured. People kind of doing their own thing, especially in the nineties. But then you go to like Calgary and people were having brunch together. Like it'd be a punk rock band having lunch with like an, like an instrumental band that sounded like shadowy men. Like, you know what I mean? This was like this type of community that I was like, I almost moved there. Cause it was like, this is wow. where I want to be. Wow. I want to hitch my wagon to these people. But wow. I find that as we get a little older and we start bumping into people and go, Oh my God, you're still, you're still doing it. It was all my kind of, you know? So then that's how a community is sort of kept in check or created. Yep. And it's very important. You know what I mean? Very important for art, you know, and, I think what's happening now with a lot of artist space are kind of getting gentrified and you yep. know, like uh, what's that place on um, Richmond? Is it 401 Richmond? Yep. Yeah. It's going to go. And that's where all the people used to hang out and do the thing, you know, and I didn't hear that. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that it's, it's, it's slated for that. Doesn't even seem like it had that long a, a shelf life. That's disturbing to hear, you know? Yeah. Well, that was my friend, Derek Emerson. He used to be in a band called MSI. He, he's doing mm -hmm. a thing on that. He's doing sort of an And he let me know like, Hey, there's places that, Crap. I mean, even you think about the rehearsal factory, although yeah. it was a place for people to smoke right. weed and hang out and drink right. beer. Right. And then, well, it was a exactly. place. It was a hub. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's equally important. You talked earlier about audience and why we, you know, pick up a pen or, or hit record. It's like, that's equally important in the in the ecosystem in which we live and thrive and function as artists and humans you take that away or it's compromised on the other side and i know many artist colleagues who are like questioning why like why get in a tour bus why get in a like why even you know what i mean and then there's on the on the other side of the spectrum friends of mine who are playing nine days a week because when you when you have that thing removed from your life you quickly realize what it means in your life and 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 i know there's such a strong spirit out there of wanting to keep venues and live music presentation like just wanting to preserve that yeah you know yeah 
And I hope our governments and our funding bodies and our, you name it, um, new models in terms of like philanthropy uh, can help where required in in preserving that. Because I don't think it's a thing where it's like it's going to go the way of the, you know, the, well, bank tellers still exist. So I won't, I won't disrespect our, our fellow bank tellers, but it's, uh, you know, just the, the, the way of maybe say, mechanical music which is not such a thing in today's modern age to bring it back to that but you know it went to basically spotify you can you can there's a lineage from mechanical music the the entertainment of the 18th the, the 19th century through to the ipod and you name it all the way through to spotify well it's we're still on a spectrum we're still on a there's a lineage all the way back there it's called entertainment and it kind of is the the um a, 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 an antidote to uh or it's a it's a it's a requirement culturally to why we're here so we have to kind of preserve that don't we like i think i think it's an instrumental so when i hear things like and space in toronto for doing these kind of things is at risk Let, let's face it right yeah. so gonna be interesting to see what happens in the next like 10 10 20 years right yeah and one might say that it's sort of politically driven based on whatever political climate we're in right now like right now obviously we're in a conservative type of yeah. provincial jurisdiction but right. what I do notice, and if we can use our friends to the south as an example, is it's a pendulum, right? All of a sudden it's like, whoa, yeah. wait, hold on a second. And all of a sudden all these budgets are opened up to create art because obviously conservatism, yeah. it doesn't really foster the arts, you know? Right. So I feel right. like once that pendulum swings over, that hopefully whoever's in charge of that that type of jurisdiction yeah. and doling out the, the needs, and they don't overdo it. Because that's how thing goes all the way back to the other side, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, it's it, it's a it's a tricky thing, right? To see an erosion almost of what the artistic landscape has been over the last twenty years, and now you look at it and go, "Does it get worse, or do we do we remain creative in it yeah. and see it as an opportunity and say we're all creative people? We got to help." pave a way forward when it comes to venues, when it comes to the way that we present our work, right? When it comes to the, the way that we uh, even even treat things like little things like social media, it's like, how do you innovate in that sphere? It, it's an exciting time. I don't think it's like, I think, yeah, the, the platforms are there, right? It's yeah. what we do with them now that's up to us in a lot of ways too. Yeah, I agree. So, I agree. And yeah. it's, it's the, it's an art always kind of finds a way through and it speaks, it speaks to a certain type of people. It's like, it's almost like, um, it's a niche that keeps coming back and people like, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. you know, and whether or not people were artistic in their teenage life and now I want to appreciate art. There's always a phase of how your life is just as a consumer of art. Like, you know, it's, it's not a frivolity though. Right. It, and that there's that too, of like d definitely saying that, yes, we, we all three levels of government need to keep, investing it's not a frivolity it's like it it it, it is it is a necessity absolutely like we have to yeah that's it that's yeah. it i i worked yeah. with a, a regionally run theater for a while and uh, uh -huh. i did notice that the, the the what what was expected of the theater when it came to um creating a service for the community as opposed to creating a a, a bank machine <laughs> That there was a yeah. big shift over the past three or four years for obvious reasons. Yeah. Everybody's budgets were screwed because of that thing yep. that killed a lot of yeah. people. We're not, you know, just not mention the yeah. pandemic. Oh, no. but you know, I you think the yeah. so. I, I think you know, I think what's happening now. People sort of like we have to, we have to do it. But I feel we should be doubling down with art because art's free. I mean, you make art, you can just put art out there, and people who consume yep. it and love it because very little investment. Now, if you want to run your swimming pool, that's where shit gets really expensive. You know, because. Like, you know, I was laughed at the fact that like our theater, we're like, if we were the EU, the theater yeah. was Germany. Yeah. The pools yeah. were like Greece and Italy where things were always in a little tough financially, it's you know? so interesting. Like yeah. our little anthropological uh, silos between yeah. us, eh? Like, yeah. Pools as a cultural institution versus theaters go, right? Like there's a debate. Yeah. 
And people are like, well, listen, they got a louder voice. They get they need more chemicals to make things work, you know. So I mean, we're <laughs> going to carry that that type of thing to you know into a, a, a more of a. What we need is what we need is more chlorine in the theater. I that's think. right. That's I agree. What we need is more people who wear speedos to go on stage. And now you're music. talking high art. Now you're now you're actually talking German German <laughs> art, right? There you go. <laughs> no, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> yes, yes, man. Well, I, you know what? I I uh, I I really appreciate this talk. I was this is awesome. I uh, you know I think we should uh, we should um, do it again, man. Because uh, amen. I think there's a. Uh, the conversation of speaking to people, I, that's the part I love about the show, you know, I, and truthfully, I, like, I, I've been doing this thing for like eight years and I'm, I, wow. I wow. wait for the event to start and I'm like, it's like going to work. I don't want to, you know, and then I meet and talk people and it's like, oh, this is why I do this. Right. So. Yeah. Um, I, I'm happy to hear that. You know, it, it is uplifting. I really appreciate the opportunity just to, to connect with you and, uh, and your listeners um, about my work. You know, as I said, it, it's not, too often i do get to do that in given the nature of what i do it's kind of outsider and and weird and i know that so um if anyone you know let's let's hope the econoline crush rule happens <laughs> uh in that folks gravitate towards my music you can go to friendlyrich.com to learn more about what i do and um yeah so nice to meet you simon thanks for taking interest absolutely thanks that was Friendly Rich, and thank you so much, Rich, for doing this show from with me. Um, I don't know if anybody can hear, but my throat's all fucked up, because I, I've, I've had a cold. I'm getting over the cold. And uh, today was a, a day of driving all over the place, looking at universities, my daughter. So I have, I've had a very event-filled uh, weekend. Um... Yeah, thanks so much for listening to the show. Thank you, Richard, for doing the show as well. Thanks to Chad for setting up this interview. Thanks for Eric for having a label. That's awesome. We talked a little bit about that during the show. Um, who else? Thank you to you for listening to this show. Uh, I'm planning on putting one out next week. So, I mean, this will be three weeks in a row without, you know, without fail, I hope, I think. Um Last week it came out with a little little fan, little less fanfare because I, I actually recorded that episode like about a month and a half before and it was sitting there waiting to be put out and I I was just too busy. I was really busy to be able to put this thing out. So uh, yeah, so now we'll listen. You know, what are you going to do? I'm just a one-man show. I try my best and that's all we can do. Uh, what's happening? Uh, not much. I, I want to cut this short because we're almost cutting into like 55 minutes of podcast, which I think... You guys, it's about as much time as it takes for someone to get to work, and uh, so we'll cut it off now. So everybody, have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye.